I couldn't see, but I could feel the antennae as they extruded from my forehead. I couldn't see, but I could feel the extra set of legs growing from my sides. I could sense, rather than see, that my head was huge compared to the rest of my body. I could sense that I had a swollen abdomen. I could feel the massive pincers where my mouth had been. I wanted to scream. I wanted to scream so badly, but I no longer had a voice. I no longer had a tongue. I was less than a quarter of an inch long. I was as long as any two or three letters on this page. Grains of sand were the size of bowling balls to me. With my wildly waving feelers, I could sense a huge long shaft, like a fallen log. It was over my head. I slowly realized that it was a single pine needle. I waited for the termite's instincts and mind to suddenly surge within my own. But the termite brain, such as it was, wasn't saying anything. It was totally silent. My senses brought me almost nothing. I was blind. I could feel vibrations from sound, but they were vague. The termite's sense of hearing was not as good as its relative, the cockroach. I knew I had been a cockroach. All I had was a sense of smell, or something like smell, that came from my antennae waving in the air. Everyone okay? I asked shakily. I desperately wanted to talk to someone. Anyone. I needed to know the others were alive. Yeah, Rachel answered. I guess I am okay. It's just that I can't see anything. Termites are blind, except for the queens and kings, I said. I must have sounded much calmer than I felt. These are strange creatures, Axe commented. I feel no instincts. It is as if they are just a body. A machine. Well, let's get these bodies out of here, Marco said. Sooner or later, the Yurks are going to get tired of chasing Jake around the woods. Which way? Rachel asked. Slight problem. We're totally blind. I... Maybe I'm crazy, but I'm getting this sense. This feeling. Like something is calling to me. I explained. Okay, maybe, Marco said. I have the same feeling, like someone yelling from a long way off. Let's follow that, whatever it is, Rachel said. It's as good a direction as any. I set off toward the vague, distant voice. I had no idea if the others were going in the same direction. I guess they were all within a few inches of me, but I couldn't tell. The termite legs were not very strong or fast, not as fast as an ant's. I could feel the rocks I was climbing over, or the grains of dirt, I guess they were. They felt like rocks, anyway. Jagged, sharp-edged crystals, seemingly as big as a human head. I motored on all six legs, trying hard not to think about anything but moving forward. Just keep moving, I told myself. Don't think about how small and defenseless you are. Hey, I found something. Rachel said. It's... I guess it must be the edge of the force field. At the same time, I reached the force field myself. I felt it as a tingling hum that vibrated my tiny body. I could feel the rocks around me vibrating, 
I could feel the very air around me dancing. At least we're going in the right direction, Marco pointed out. I moved closer to the invisible wall of snapping, humming power. Suddenly, I realized my legs were just motoring away, but I wasn't going anywhere. We will have to dig under it, Axe said. It will stop at the top layer of dirt. Does someone know how to make these pathetic bodies dig? Rachel asked snappishly. I flattened myself down and tried to wriggle between two big grains of dirt. It didn't work. Then, I sensed one of those hugely long logs suspended in the air not far away. A pine needle. I shuffled toward it. The pine needle was close to the ground, but there was still plenty of room for me beneath it. Hey! I yelled, genuinely excited. Find a pine needle or something that crosses the line. I think maybe there's no force field directly beneath them. Yes, Axe agreed. The pine needle may cast a shadow in the force field. I reached up for the pine needle with my antennae and felt my way along beneath it. I could feel the tingly edges of the force field on either side of me, but the pine needle did cast a sort of shadow, and within that shadow, I could squeeze through. I'm through, I said. At the same time, I became aware that the vague, far-off voice I'd heard calling to me was much stronger. For a weird moment, I actually thought it was my mother's voice, and I wanted to go toward it. I moved my six legs and headed across the landscape of dirt boulders. I was sure where I was going now. I could hear the voice in my head. I could hear the call. My termite body seemed to be moving on its own now. It was like I was a passenger in a car that someone else was driving. Is everyone else through? I asked. Yes, Rachel said. She sounded distracted to me, like she was listening to someone else and didn't want me interrupting. But that was okay, because I didn't really want to talk to her, either. I quickly covered the ground to the building. I didn't see that it was the building, you understand. I just knew. And the terrible thing is, I never even paused to wonder how I knew. What are we... Marco's voice. He didn't finish his thought. I didn't care. Guys? Rachel asked. Um... The opening was just ahead. I knew it was there. I knew that other soldier termites would be guarding the entrance. I felt no fear. I clambered up from the dirt into the tunnel opening. Familiar smells. Smells I knew. Home. Home, my place. Where I was from, and where I belonged. I smelled the other soldiers with my antennae. They touched me with their antennae, as I did to them. We were of the colony. THE COLONY Chapter 13 I raced swiftly down the tunnel. It headed upward at a sharp angle, but the angle meant little to me. I weighed practically nothing. A worker was ahead of me. It extruded a pellet of digested cellulose. Wood pulp. I quickly gobbled it up. Within the wood pulp food, there was messages. Hormones passing through the colony, containing information. Vague orders, indistinct yet powerful instructions. I was now caught up in a rush of workers off to obey the voiceless voice in their heads. Some were off to chew a new tunnel, others were off to the egg chamber to rotate the eggs. And I had my orders, too. 
I raced along the tunnels lined with chewed and digested wood pulp. Tunnels cut through the dried wood that supported the building. I felt side tunnels open on one side, then the next. A tunnel above. Air flowed faint, but fresh, actually creating a tiny breeze. There was no light. None. But it didn't matter because I was blind. I was blind, but I was not lost. What am I doing? An alien voice said. I ignored it. No! The voice cried. I had heard the voice before, but it came from far away, and it spoke a language I didn't understand. No, no, no! Let me go! I felt a queasy, sickening feeling inside me. But still, I powered down the tunnel, turning here, turning there, always moving toward a goal. There was a powerful smell. It was growing stronger and stronger. I went to it. I had to go to it. No, let me go! Let me go! Down the black tunnels, over and through the packed rush hour streams of workers, to the center, to the core, to the heart. Help me! Help me! The voice screamed. The voice. My voice. The faint, failing voice of the human named Cassie. Me. Me! Ah! Suddenly, I was Cassie again. I knew my name. I knew who I was. But it no longer mattered. The termite body was out of my control. A stronger will than mine was guiding it. The termite suddenly emerged into a vast open space. A space that in reality was no more than two or three inches across. And yet, it felt like an auditorium to me. Suddenly, I knew who had seized control of the termite brain. I knew who had brushed my human mind aside. She was vast, huge beyond belief. At one end, I sensed the termite head and useless, waving termite arms. From that small head and body, there extended a monstrous, pulsating sack, as big as a blimp. At the far end was a double row of sticky, slimy eggs to be picked up and carried away by worker termites. The Queen. I was in the chamber of the termite queen. The Queen. I could feel her power. This was her world. These were all her slaves. More than slaves. They had no will of their own. I knew who I was again, but I felt weak and pathetic. I was unable to control the termite body I was in. That body belonged to her. She had orders for me. Protect the egg-carrying worker termites. The orders came in smells and vague feelings, but they were impossible to refuse. Rachel! I called. Marco! Axe! I... It was Rachel's thought-speak voice. I... I... Oh no! No, no! Rachel, it's the queen! She's controlling you! I said. I can't. My body. It just... Marco! Marco, can you hear me? Marco! She's got me! I can't say no! I can't stop! He cried in anguished response. My own body motored away on its six legs. I fell and stepped behind two workers. Each was carrying one of the gooey, precious eggs. I had to protect them. There might be enemies. We walked along the grotesque length of the queen, toward her head. Ants. They were the enemy. Sometimes they came. Sometimes they poured down the tunnels, looking for the eggs, to carry them off for food. Sometimes they attacked the queen herself. The soldiers fought them, 
The soldiers sometimes died fighting them. The queen, Rachel's voice said. The only way, destroy the queen. It was like an electric jolt in my mind. Get rid of the queen. Yes, the only way. They wouldn't be expecting that. There would be no one to stop me. But my body was not my own. I could not make it. The two workers plodded along before me. I could feel their hind ends with my feelers. And I knew the queen's head was just to my right. Just half an inch. Less. The queen's head. Feelers. Eyes. Like an ant. One chance. Focus. Focus. I had to trick the termite mind. I had to draw on every ounce of my strength. If I failed, I would live out the rest of my life as a mindless slave to the termite queen. Now! Do it now! I swerved right. It was like moving through molasses. The queen had ordered me to go after the workers, and I was disobeying. Ant! Ant! I screamed the word in my own head. Ant! Destroy! Destroy! Destroy the ant! I clambered over half a dozen termites who were tending the queen. I could feel my will weakening. I couldn't get rid of the queen. I had to kill an ant. That was my purpose, to keep ants away from the queen. I scampered toward the queen's head. I felt my antennae touch her. I opened up my massive pincer jaws. Termites ran around insanely. They were racing, out of control, lost, confused. For a moment, I did the same. The queen was gone. I think in some way I wanted to forget who I was, what I had done. I wanted to become one of the lost panic termites. Where are you? Where out? Cassie, where are you? Get out of there! I heard a far off voice cry. Was it Axe? Marco? Rachel? Demorph! I cried with my last shred of control. No, Cassie, no! A voice screamed in my head. You're inside a piece of wood! Demorph! I screamed again. Human! I wanted to be human again. Let me be human! Let me out of this place! Out of this body! I grew. Walls pressed in around me. I filled the tunnel. I couldn't grow anymore. Trapped! Pain! Nothing but pain! I was a swollen, vast termite. Larger than any queen. Huge! I couldn't grow anymore. And I couldn't stop. I was trying to become human again, to fit a human body in a space no bigger than the inside of a walnut. Then, explosion! The walls opened up. Splinters! Fresh air rushed across my hard termite skin. My head was free of the wood and growing, but my body was still trapped, squeezing with terrible pain. I had eyes now. They could see, but only dimly. I was still tiny, and in the air above me, a huge blade as long as a passenger jet slashed downward. The wood splintered again, and my body was free. I grew and grew. Arms. Legs. My own head. I was on my knees on a wooden floor. Marco and Rachel stood over me. Axe had used his tail to slice open the wood. They had all escaped the colony. They had demorphed. It was dark in the room, but there were glowing red and green indicator lights and there was a computer monitor showing neat screensaver triangles floating and reforming. Are you okay? Rachel asked me. She bent down and put her hand on my shoulder. I gave her a hug. Then, 
Just as suddenly, I pushed her away. Let me go! Don't touch me! Don't touch me! Don't touch me! Rachel was on me in a flash. She clamped her hand over my mouth. Marco grabbed my ankles and held them still. Cassie! Rachel hissed. Shut up! We're inside the Yerk building. We're in a side room, but we can hear people in the next room. I was beyond caring. I struggled and fought and tried to scream. Axe, whatever you can do with that computer, do it! Marco whispered urgently. Rachel and Marco held me pinned against the floor. And slowly, very slowly, my bunched muscles relaxed. I stopped fighting. Are you okay now? Rachel asked me. Okay? I would never be okay again. But I nodded my head anyway. Rachel took her hand away from my mouth. It's over, Cassie, Marco said. You saved us. It's over. And we have other problems now. I'm good, I said. I'm fine. But my skin was crawling. Evil, terrible memories were crowding in on me. I have access, Axe said. Accessing. Um, Marco or Rachel, I need a human to help me understand the meaning of what I am seeing here. Marco climbed up off the floor. Rachel stayed with me. She was stroking my hair like my mom would have done if I had a nightmare. It was hard to think of Rachel as being nurturing, but she did the right thing. I heard sounds in the next room. Human voices, and Hork-Bajir speaking their weird mix of their own native tongue and human speech they learned for duty on Earth. Some kind of commission, Marco mused, looking at the computer screen. Three members. They vote on what happens to the forest. They decide if the logging can go forward. Dapson Lumber Company, Axe said. That's what the Yurks call this logging company. Very funny. What's funny? Marco asked. Dapson. It's a Yurkish word that means... Well, never mind what it means. It isn't polite. Look at this document, Marco whispered. Preliminary permission to examine feasibility of... Hey, the Yurks don't have final permission to begin logging. There's this commission that still has to decide. Three people. One has already said yes. Probably a controller. One has voted definitely no. There's one guy left. Some guy named Ferrand... Yikes! What yikes? Rachel asked. Yikes, as in he's coming for a visit to check the scene. Marco said. End of the week. Then he'll vote. If that guy votes yes, the Yurks are in business and we're in trouble. He'll vote yes, Rachel said darkly. I'm afraid that is true, Axe agreed. The Yurks will make him a controller. Not if we stop them, Marco said. One thing at a time. We need to get out of here, Rachel said. And we're not going back out the way we came in. No one argued with that. I am making a slight change in the programming that may let me access this computer from Marco's home computer, and I can temporarily shut down the defenses from this computer, Axe said. But there are still guards outside, and Hork-Bajir in the next room. Yeah, we'll have to move fast, Rachel said. Cassie, can you morph? Can you morph the wolf? I'll stay right beside you the whole time. Could I morph? The very idea made me sick, but even in my quaking fear, 
I knew anything was better than going back down into that termite colony. Five minutes later, Axe turned off the outer defenses, and we ran from that building. I guess the Yerks counted on their high-tech defenses too much. Without them, no one even shouted an alarm. By sheer, dumb luck, we raced between the paths of two controller guards. No one yelled. No one fired a shot. We ran into the woods where Jake joined up with us. No one said much on the way home. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host and narrator, Daniel. So thank you for listening to another one. I don't have anything new to say here, so we're just going to bust through the typical uh, end-of-show announcements and get on out of here so we can go back to binging Project Runway. So if you liked what you heard here, uh, please leave a rating and review if you use iTunes. If not, you can tell a friend about it. That'd be really cool, too. If you'd like to get into contact with me, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Love hearing from people, so, you know, drop me a line. Say hi. Uh, If you're interested in a dumber, raunchier superhero-based podcast, I also do a podcast called OK Crusader, which can be found at shoutengine.com slash okcrusader, or by searching OK Crusader, wherever you'd search for a podcast. And that's one where I get guests on, and we discuss uh, random characters found through the Marvel unofficial wiki, and how dateable we find them. It's fun. If that sounds like your cup of tea, please check it out. Um, Other than that, that's all I got, so I'll see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. We fight.